If you have made some decisions that you are not proud of and you struggle with the repercussions, then right now, plug into the Power Narrative, Chapter 11, Present in the Aftermath. I am your host, B. Green, and if you enjoy your time in the power plant, please like, subscribe, and comment. I saw a Black father holding his newborn daughter, big guy, in the palm of his hand. And it brought me all the way back. I wanted to empower him with the obvious, something he may have known, but might not have understood the magnitude. He was holding someone's life in his hand. And it was beautiful. He may not have realized the true depth of the power at his discretion. Sometimes we get caught up in the moment, caught up in ourselves, and we don't realize the importance of our presence and how to properly yield the power that we have. I live with regrets as a father. I'm not perfect, but hear me. The difference between regret and shame is this. Regret correctly implies that You have done something wrong, whereas shame implies that something is wrong with you. I regret some of the decisions that I made, but I can only be ashamed if I willingly continue to repeat the negative cycles once I know better. Knowing better implies that I have to be present in the aftermath of my decisions in order to learn from them. It seems easy to run from yourself, but it's futile, but people try it all the time. Your child gets one shot at childhood. This is true, but as long as you both are alive and you're both willing, you can work on the parent-child relationship. As a podcaster, I listen to other podcasts. And recently I came across an empowering episode where very professional women were talking about having PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, from their childhood experiences of not having their father involved in their life, not being able to depend on them as they grew up. I noticed a trend, a very familiar pattern in many of the conversations that I've had with others who were open enough to share their childhood experiences with me. Something profound that I heard in this podcast was a conversation that one of these women had with their father. Now, this woman, now grown, was having a very challenging discussion with her father about his absence in her life growing up. And instead of listening, he argues back. I was never late on not one child support payment. And she about gave up continuing to communicate with him. She was frustrated and expressed that I don't have not one stitch of those clothes not one pair of those shoes or any of those material things that you may have helped 
pay for when I was growing up. But I have paid the price of not having my father's time, my father's wisdom, my father's words of affirmation. This made me an open target, seeking that validation from wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm going to share a story and it is not going to be pleasant, but it is going to be true. And being perfectly honest, pleasantries are often dishonest. We tell them to spare feelings and to make things seem better. Long term, it makes them worse. We tell our children these very pleasant stories that are very dishonest in an effort to shield their reality from the truth. Sounds confusing, I know. We pretend that everything is fine, everything's okay. And then when the truth is unavoidable, you now have a breach of trust from the first relationship that a boy has, witnessing what it means to be a man and how to view a woman. And from a girl's perspective of what it looks like to be a woman and how to view a man. A child looks at both of their parents seeking self-worth. And now they're unsure of everything that you've told them because the picture that you painted looks nothing like their present reality. This story that is unpleasant is one that has been shared with me. And it's the story of a child who asked their father, how come you didn't stay with mom and I? The father replies, truth is, I really didn't know your mother and your mother really didn't know me. But once we did get to know each other, I found out I ain't even like your mother. Your mother didn't even like me. We were both two selfish individuals who got together for the wrong selfish reasons. You are the byproduct of those selfish decisions, but you are not a mistake. Life is not a mistake. I owe you the truth in hopes that one day you will do better by who is coming next than what we have done by you. Now, your mother and I pretended that everything was just going to magically work out when the truth behind why it didn't work was we weren't in love. We were in love with the idea of love. And we confused that with lust. And when you run out of lust for each other, there's nothing left. And you see what happens in a lot of relationships is when the mask of pleasantry is taken off, what you used to be attracted to is no longer attractive. What do you say to a child who is seeking their self-worth from two individuals that don't properly know how to love themselves, much less love each other? But what you do know for certain is that you have love for your child and you attempt to love that child the best way that you know how. But unfortunately, sometimes what you know in your efforts to show love is not enough for what that child needs. So standing in the aftermath of 
your decisions. What do you do? There's a quote from a movie where this man, his entire life was angry about what was taken from him during his childhood. He finally admits, I spent too much time wanting what I did not have and not enough time with what was given to me. They say we do what we know and not what is best. We may say that we come from broken homes, but I venture to say that that is a lie. We come from homes that have been dismantled. There are forces that seek to destroy the family. And once this pattern is started, it's very easy to follow. Don't believe me? I came across this startling statistic. In 2017, one in three children in America are raised in homes where their biological fathers do not live. This is across the nation, not just one specific community. This is a pattern. This is what's trending. But just as something has been taken apart, just as something has been disassembled, it can be reassembled. Even if becoming functional means replacing some of the original parts. Working in healthcare and in life in general, I have met and have known very brave people whose life-sustaining organs have failed them and they have needed and received organ transplants and they've lived and had a more than healthy recovery. In order to do so though, they have to live a different lifestyle than the one that they did before. How much do you desire to be healthy? What are you willing to do to receive and maintain health? And I'm talking about health within, mental and spiritual health. The organ transplant recipient faces a battle. The body wants to reject something that is not natural to them. So they have to take what is known as anti-rejection medication. If what you desire is to have a healthy, thriving family, what are you willing to do? What anti-rejection techniques are you willing to learn and apply in your life in order not to reject what has been given? You have to be present in the aftermath of your decisions in order to see what has been given versus what you have lost. These techniques and these strategies, they may not be natural to you, but in order to thrive, isn't it worth learning them? There's a parable or a story from the scriptures about a sower. And it says the sower went forth to sow seed and some seed fell by the wayside. Some seed fell on stony ground and some seed fell on good ground. Now we make assumptions of what this good ground is. Oh, these are good people. And I will venture to say that this good ground is ground that is ready. So you're standing in the wake of the aftermath. Something has happened. And now you have this area where very little or nothing grows. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what has happened. You may have been through some by the wayside experiences and now you're hardened and, and you're that stony ground. 
You can accept that this area in your life doesn't grow. You can cover it up and avoid it altogether. I mean, I know people who have said, you know what? I'm good until you get to this area. Now, this is off limits. We don't go there. I'm good as long as you stay away from this. That's the area where the soil is hard. That's the area that you can accept to stay this way or you can till it. You can dig down deep. You can add some things that can make this hardened area, this area in your life that doesn't grow viable for growth. The beautiful thing about this story that's not mentioned is their seasons. And when the next season comes, the sower comes back to sow more seed. It is quite possible that the next season, your soil will be ready. Most unmet needs are simply requests that have not been communicated or not been communicated properly. Sometimes we're receiving exactly what we've asked for, but we've asked for what we want versus what we need. Failure to communicate and failure to differentiate wants versus needs is something that can be fixed. If we don't know how to communicate as adults, it probably stems from our childhood experiences where in our environment, we learned unhealthy communication and unhealthy conflict resolution skills. Some of us were never taught how to properly communicate, but were well-versed in manipulation. But when you see what manipulation causes as you're standing in the aftermath of your decisions, will you humble yourself and have the honest conversation with those who have learned that from you so that this negative cycle doesn't repeat itself? can turn things around. We can get it together. We can put things back in order. We can reassemble what has been dismantled, but we have to be willing to do it in our own life first. Then we can help someone else learn the skills that we may not have known at the time so that they can grow. The challenge question is, are you willing to be present in the aftermath of your decisions? Learn and replace the unhealthy with the healthy and not reject the opportunity to grow so that you can thrive? Thank you for your time. Be Green, reminding you that your story is being written every day. Take the pen.